When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I'll have what she's having today on Foreplay, how to spot a fake orgasm, why women do it, and why saying clitoris over and over again can help. Listen next. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Lori, we're talking about faking orgasm today. I gotta say, most men I know don't fake orgasm. It's mainly most women. Most men don't. Most right. men don't, right? Most women have. The most women have faked it at some point. Although there are some who would belong to the never, never done that club. Really? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So why is that a thing? Why are some women faking it? You know, I think the biggest reason women fake it is because they want their their partner to feel good. You know, they want their partner to think that they rang the bell. I see. And so that they, you know, they fake it and then it's over. They're trying to help him out. They're trying to help him out. Okay. Exactly so. Right. Is it a form of lying? Are, it, it's a, it's are, a huge form of lying. Okay. It is absolutely a form of lying. <laughs> and lie. it's a detriment <laughs> to all of womankind <laughs> because so many men think that all the women they've been with had <laughs> orgasms and it's BS. Ultimately, women are trying to help men feel better about themselves. Right? True. Which is kind. It's also lying. but And stupid. W- and stupid. You think it's stupid. I think it's totally stupid. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Because why would she do that? I mean, well, she doesn't, me why she doesn't not... get the pleasure that she needs, right? Yeah. It reinforces for the male that, you know, this way of making love is pleasurable for her. And, I mean, it's it's a problem because it's self-reinforcing. You know, if she fakes an orgasm, he's going to think, great, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. He's more likely to do those things, and she's less likely to get an orgasm. Okay. It's a problem. So it's, it's self-perpetuating. It's self-perpetuating. Okay. Are there ways that men can actually tell if, um, sure. if she's faking it? Sure. Okay. So the number one way he can tell if she's faking it is if he didn't participate in any foreplay. Okay. <laughs> you know, so if she didn't get any foreplay and she's having a wild orgasm, she's probably faking it. So if he just dove right in oh, yeah. and she's acting like it's the best thing ever. Right. She's probably She's probably lying. faking it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, because women, as we've talked about over and over, you know, they can't reach orgasm without clitoral stimulation. So if they're just having intercourse, 
you know, odds are, yeah, she's not there. Okay. She's not there. <laughs> Our intern is shaking her head. Right. That's right. Okay. So So after a real orgasm, a woman can't stand for her clitoris to be touched. It's okay. too sensitive. So if she still can sort of take foreplay at that point, she probably didn't get to orgasm. So no foreplay and afterwards she can't stand for her clitoris to be touched or right. then it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Okay. Most likely. Because most likely, you know, she rarely comes with penis and vagina sex. And if he lasts longer and longer and longer, you mm. know, because he's thinking that's how she's going to climax, that might be a reason she fakes it there, too, because she to thinks— get him, To get him to stop. To get him to stop. <laughs> Basically, she's like, that's enough. Right. Most men, on average, right, thrust for about eight minutes. You know, but porn and other influences show men thrusting for like 20 minutes. And that's going to wear out even young women. Or hours. Or, oh, my heavens. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Too yeah. much. Okay. So. Too much of a good thing. <laughs> right. He's he's just thinking that, it's, that lasting longer and longer is helpful. But that's not the case. Right. Because his understanding says that women are going to climax, you know, that his partner is going to climax if he just lasts long enough and keeps going. Yeah. So what you're really talking about is that it kind of builds on itself, right? Mm -hmm. That if there's no foreplay, he's not stimulating her clitoris. Right. And then he thinks that by just lasting as long as he possibly can, that if he thrusts hard enough and he thrusts long enough, that that's how she's going to climax. So that's, that's the right. way that you're approaching sex, then more than likely, and you think that she's orgasming, more than likely she is not. Right. And there is a research done on the orgasm perception gap. That means that 85% of partners think that their partner did orgasm, but only 64% actually climaxed. That's a large percentage. And we're not talking yeah. hookups. Hookups, it's way worse. Okay. It's a million. Yeah. It's like 64% think they're partners climaxed in a hookup and only about 10% did. But I'm talking about in committed partnership. Yeah, I mean that's that's 21% that think they're that are living a lie, right? right. 20, so 21% of men out there that think their partner climaxed are walking around feeling good about themselves, <laughs> walking down the street, chest out, yeah. you know, <laughs> high-fiving their buddies and they are just wrong. They are misguided. They're misguided. Okay, I like that better. They're just, but they're they're just they're not informed on the things that would actually work. A yeah, lot of times. Uh, because you know men are so goal driven, mm -hmm. and they don't stop until she climaxes. But some women, they want to stop. They're enjoying other aspects of the event. They don't necessarily have to climax every single time. I mean. Mm. Rule of thumb, I would say, if your partner climaxes about 90% of the time, that's great. But if she's having a night and she says, no, I, I want to be close, I want to make love, I want a quickie, but she doesn't want to climax and she experiences pleasure in making love, you need to believe her and not be so goal-driven that says, you know, you got to keep going and she's got to, she's got to, and you're a failure if she doesn't. That's crazy too. I mean, yeah. but The I one side of it is crazy if you're faking it. The other side is crazy if you are determined that your partner have one when she's really genuinely saying, not my night. But how, how do we know if it's been a successful encounter then, Lori? If there's no bell to ring, if there's no, 
you know, prize at the end of the night. How do we know that it's been a successful encounter? Mm. Well, we got to go back to Meg Ryan. (laughs) That's usually successful. Right. Uh, But physically, too, I mean, a woman, she her arousal is kind of. Uh, seen by her perspiration. She usually has a bit of sweat or perspiration. She's breathing faster. Her pulse is elevated. Her blood pressure is up. Not that you're going to get out the cuff. I was, I was just about to say. <laughs> I was just about to say. We need to, after everything's don't, going, we're smoking, we're smoking a cigarette and getting out blood pressure cuffs. <laughs> yes. well, because then you need a before and an after to, for comparison. Right. Uh, so, right, right. All right. No. Blood is so. Uh, but again, and she's too sensitive to be touched further. That's okay. a really good sign. Yeah. And it would be helpful if women and men knew as much about a clitoris as, as men know about their own penises. You know, a lot of women don't know, right? They don't. They think they're failing, too, because they can't reach orgasm with intercourse. And she needs to know. You know, right. she needs to know how it really works. But don't you think it would be helpful if the woman that is faking it would actually express what she needs to the man that is trying to give it to her? Yes. Okay. That would be so amazing. I mean, I feel like that would be the, helpful. It would so be helpful because he he wants to ring that bell most of the time. He most does. Of the time. Most of the time, he does. Absolutely. No. But you know, yeah. women they don't have language for how to express this. There isn't language to describe the different types of touches that they like. Mm-hmm. You know, I often tell women, please show and tell. Please show him what you really like. If you can't describe it, but that makes women even shyer to think about doing that. And so how do you get across to your partner what you want? I don't think you should leave it up to him to discover. I think you should help. Uh, Maybe that includes just your hands on his hands to help guide him with pressure and rhythm and speed and placement. (laughs) Right. That would be good. Okay, so let's come back and talk about how to help her have an orgasm. I'm excited to have a new sponsor. I want to tell you guys about this cool new app, Audible Escape, that has unlimited love stories to help you get in the mood. They've got some sweet and really sexy stuff, too. You know, love stories have that ability to just whisk you away no matter where you are, whether you're driving home from work or running errands or doing chores. All that can just fade into the background when you're listening to the happily ever after. Just lose yourself in the most popular love stories and see if escaping from the everyday with a steamy romance doesn't set you up well for your partner. If you love love, you'll love Audible Escape. Join the community and listen for free for one month and just get lost in unlimited love stories. It's a must try for rom-com fans. Unlimited listening to love stories for just $12.95. So download the app and listen to all these sexy stories and get in the mood with www.audible.com slash foreplay radio. Remember to put the radio after foreplay. www.audible.com slash foreplay radio. And there's a link for it in our show notes. So we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast. We continue to grow. It is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing and trying to help people so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. We would like to invite you to our retreat in November. Loveandsex360.com is where you find us. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensives. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and 
review us on iTunes. So thanks for listening. These days, I have almost no time to spare between podcasting and seeing clients and my family, but I've discovered this very neat time-saving company that I love. It's called Lola, and Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, which will save you time and make your life easier because they offer a flexible subscription to have these all delivered to your home, including all-natural cleansing wipes, which I highly recommend. Lola now offers sex products too, which are really classy and compact. There's condoms, wipes, and lubes that all come in one box and you can carry it in your purse so you're ready whenever you and your partner want to get to it. Not only that, but they offer sex products like ultra-thin lubricated condoms that are made from natural rubber latex and long-lasting lubricants that mimic feminine moisture and maintain a healthy pH. Getting these items delivered right to my door has saved me so much hassle every month And for every purchase, this is cool, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. So for 40% off your first month's subscription, visit MyLola.com and enter foreplay when you subscribe. So before we go any further, I just want to say, hey, thanks, y'all, for voting for us for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. I think we are slated under health for the 14th annual award ceremony. And I don't think at this point you can vote. I think this is up to the experts. I believe they poll a certain group of people to do the voting. But because of you, we've been nominated. And so we are grateful. Thank Thank you, you everybody. We're one of 10, it looks like. That's great. Yeah. So let's say... Lori, that I'm a guy, because I am, Mm -hmm. and I listened to the first part of this podcast, and I checked all the boxes, and I now realize that my partner has been faking orgasm. Yeah. Um, And I would like that to change. Yes. Ideally. How do I go about it? So first of all, I want to talk about the relational problem here. I mean, we've, we've kidded a bit, but you've said, you know, is that a lie? And I think that some men feel really angry that they've been lied to and they feel upset by that and how do they approach their partner and some women feel guilty about having lied. Um, So what I tell women is, you know, tell your partner that you have a better way of what would really help you to reach orgasm and, and bring in more suggestions. And what I tell men is, you know, it's really a problematic thing and it's not necessarily his fault. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's, he didn't know that foreplay is needed. That might be his fault. Mm. Uh, that might be, you know, in this culture to not know that, to still believe that PIV is the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard to get around that these days. But maybe he's the type that says, I would love to make her climax. I would do anything. And now I find out she's been faking it just to get done with it. And he feels really hurt because it's not the exchange, right, that mm-hmm. he was thinking it was. It's not the lovemaking. Yeah. She's not experiencing this pleasure. So he's hurt. He's disappointed. And I think this takes a conversation to express to her, you know, wow, um, I wish you had told me. This was so important to me for you to have this experience, too, or for you to have a regular experience of orgasm. And I'm not sure what it is between us that you couldn't tell me. Yeah, and I do do think I understand the hurt, and I think it's it's right to express Mm -hmm. it like you're talking about. 
um, that it's hurtful. But I also think it's important for him not to take it personally mm-hmm. and to recognize that there is, you know, I was joking as well, talking about it a little bit, but I do think that there is a good, her wanting him to feel good about their sexual experience. There is a, there is a positive in that, mm-hmm. even though I wish she would do it differently. Mm-hmm. And so I think not taking it personally would be very helpful for him as well, as much as he possibly can. And for it to be more of an approach of, listen, I want this to happen for you for real. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to have to fake it. I want you to be able to be honest with me. And let's talk about how that can happen. Yeah, I think, too, that, you know, if he's a sexual pursuer and he's always wanting to improve things and he's always critical of what didn't happen, that can lead to her, you know, wanting to shut him up to mm-hmm. make him stop pestering her with was it good you know how could it have been better and that can kind of lead to this pressure of I want him to feel like it was a successful event so since I'm not really aroused and I'm not there but he's gonna you know feel hurt or angry worse you know because sometimes sexual pursuers get angry when the experience is not as great as they think it ought to be um, she can fake it so there is dynamics involved that create this problem and that I think needs help yeah. um, for them to figure it out so that they can have good successful sex. Well I think the sexual pursuer in that case if he's the sexual pursuer more than likely he's not creating space to be able to actually listen to what she needs mm-hmm. to be able to have an orgasm right? right? Because I think sexual pursuers a lot of times think that they're listening or think that they are asking questions when really they are making demands mm-hmm. or they are making they're making statements and so there's no and they're talking so much or they're making requests so often that there is just no space for the sexual distancer to then be able to to actually insert their opinion and to actually be assertive about what they want and then you combine that with the fact that as we we're talking about in the first half that she may not have language for it, mm-hmm. right? And so there's this gap that's ha- that's occurring because as he begins to try to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, she may have to take some time to actually think about what it is she needs to say and to find that language. And then, the, then he's just going to hear that as silence and try to talk over top of that silence. And so like that dynamic going back and forth between the two of them, if he can kind of see and be able to create space for her to actually sit with it for a minute to process and to find the words to actually make the request, it's going to be a much better dynamic and to be very intentional about asking rather than demanding or mm-hmm. making statements. And I think we need to remember, we've said this before, that sexual distancers often whisper mm-hmm. their requests. So sexual pursuers are very loud and definitive and specific about what they like, what they want to have happen. And a sexual distancer may have said it once, you know, three years ago, and thinks, well, my pursuing partner didn't listen, didn't hear it, didn't want to do it. So they don't care about me enough to do it. Right? I mean, yeah. that's what they tell themselves. They go down this rabbit hole of saying, I, I guess they don't want to do this for me, or they don't like that. If they had liked that and listened to me, they would be doing it already. And the sexual pursuer in the moment of passion completely forgot and, you know, wasn't told the next time and just thought, oh, it was just a one-off. Yeah. Uh, doesn't realize how central this is to the sexual distancing partner's arousal. So, I mean, things can get really screwed up here. And that can be part of why a woman fakes it. Uh, so it's not, it's not just a simple lie. It's a complex relational problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And so getting those dynamics right is going to create a lot of space for them to be able to enter into conversations 
that are important for her not to be able to ha- not to have to fake it, for it mm-hmm. to be genuine, for it to be real. So what are some of those things that, when that space gets created, when they address the dynamic, what would you have them to actually start to talk about? So I would tell women that they need to use their own muscle tension. I mean, there's this sense that women need to just relax in order to have an orgasm and let go. And certainly letting go is being uninhibited, but it isn't necessarily letting go of all tension. So sometimes squeezing their buttocks, maybe squeezing their cacal muscles, it doesn't make for a better orgasm, but it it creates this sense of tension and that's different in terms mm-hmm. of the way they feel touch happening. Yeah. So that can be a really good way. That's something that they should do. That's something sex. that they should do. Yeah. Uh, also telling themselves, you know, I can take as long as they, as I want. You know, most partners are pretty patient. Um, I think the sexiest thing a man can say to a woman is take as long as you want, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really sexy. And, you know, he's willing to be patient and not looking at his wristwatch, you know, wondering when he can go watch the game. Mm-hmm. That would be good. I think the third thing that women should do is focus on their sensation, not on their partner's pressure to reach orgasm. Just asking yourself, does this feel good? Does this feel nice? If it does, then she can go forward. Mm -hmm. You know, she should have more of it. If it stops feeling nice or she slides down the mountain too far and she's like, I'm not there, I'm not going to be there, then I think she could signal that to her partner. But I also think for women, they think they slide down the mountain more frequently than they actually do. They more than likely reach what's called a plateau. So they're not gaining in arousal. So they feel like nothing's happening, but they're actually very high in arousal. So it's kind of tricky. Okay. So that's the things that they can do during sex. Mm -hmm. What about in the conversation? What are the questions that they can ask or their partner can ask Mm -hmm. to kind of help understand what, because we talked about languaging and what they what women need to either know or have language for to be able to tell their partner how to touch them and um, what would help them orgasm. So men need to be able to ask their partner, what kind of pressure do you like? Do you like being touched very lightly or is it medium or hard pressure? And just get a sense of, you know, maybe one or two answers. And again, the problem with it is that it may differ during different stages of arousal. So when she's first getting aroused, she may like one thing, and then later on she wants another thing. That's why communication is so important. Uh, Or he might say something like, you know, what shape or style of motion do you like? Do you like it side to side? Do you like it up and down, diagonal, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want an oval or a... Triangles, octagons. the alphabet, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Parallelogram. (laughs) Does she want him to pulse in one spot, pushing in and out? Or, you know, what what does she like in terms of motion? Um, That would be helpful for him to know. Also, I think maybe asking her, you know, where does she like to be touched on her vulva? Some people colloquially say the vagina, which it's not. It's the vulva. But she may want to be touched directly on her clitoris, but that may be way too intense, especially early on. So uh, maybe around the clitoris, like the labia, maybe avoiding touching the clitoris altogether, or maybe tiny, tiny touches on the glands of the clitoris. It, It would be very helpful if she guided him with this, as I've said 16 times. And I'm trying to, I'm speaking to you, woman out there. Listen to me. Tell him. But also asking him, you know, what type of touch do you want? Do you want oral sex? Do you want manual stimulation? 
you know, do you want intercourse? What turns you on? And I think if she could say the word clitoris out loud three times and click her heels, of course, that would really uh-huh. help. And spin around. <laughs> Spinning right. around. Yeah. But saying the why, word clitoris. Why does that help? Well, you know, it is like that is the center of where she feels sexual pleasure. And so many people don't know that. They don't know that. They don't talk about it. Do you know clitoris is like the least said word on the radio? I mean, they say penis all day long, but clitoris, which is analogous to the penis, is, I mean, just sounds like dirty or something. Right. So, so, getting, so how can people to, talk about it? Getting used to saying the word focuses you in on actually being able to be, instruct, being able to, being able to talk about it. And right. so everybody, exactly. so say it with me, clitoris, clitoris, clitoris. Okay. There's no place. Like glitters. Like glitters. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.